What do I recommend? That you look at the menu and act like you've been in a bar before. No, I don't know what that drink is, but I'll Google it in the back. Tequila shots. Would you like terrible, not so terrible, or impress people with your money? No, I can't recreate that drink you had that one time at that one bar. Here's a $12 cocktail I made with the cheapest booze we have. Enjoy. That's definitely a picture of your sister. I'll take all the money I can get. Oh, you don't want to give me your credit card because you think I should trust you, even though we've never met. I'm judging the shit out of you for your drink choice. Four Jaeger bombs? I hope you and your friends die in a hazing accident. Long Island iced tea? Sure thing, garbage person. Oh, you think that I'm wearing this low-cut shirt to get your phone number? Give me your money. We are not a team. You creep me out. Imagine how she feels. I poured you the wrong kind of wine, but I'm pretty sure you can't tell the difference. Make it strong? Go f yourself. That should be stronger for you. It's the same drink, but I put a tiny drip of rum in the straw. I don't need to shake it this much, but it looks cool. Tips, 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 tips. I've had six shots this shift. I've done 12. Tips, 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 I've been watering down your drinks because you're turning into a drunk asshole. This is basically just Sprite and fruit juice, but you're too drunk to realize it. You were here first, but she's more attractive. I'm gonna go with her. Oh my God, I totally don't know what you're talking about, but you're lonely and you're paying cash. I'm pretending like we didn't hook up that one time. We all are. No pressure, but last call was 25 minutes ago, and I can't wait for you guys to leave. You know we have food here. You don't have to keep sneaking olives when you think I'm not looking. Oh, what am I doing after work? Not hanging out with you. I'm just doing this until my Etsy account takes off. I've given up on my dreams. I can't remember what you ordered because I'm wasted. Oh, I can use my fingers. That's right. Yeah. No, we don't use cake. Gloves, though. Gloves on. What are we, bitches? No, we're not trying to cause neurovirus out here. It's <laughs> come Washington. Don't go there. <laughs> I am your host. Uh, one of your hosts. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, the uglier of the two. <laughs> Bobby Stills. Across from me, the man with the golden jacket, Jody Tudami. Hello, hello. I'm How's here. it going, sir? I'm good. I miss my son already. In studio, we have the late producer. The producer dropping the deucer. The risotto kid. Queef Boogie. Queef Boogie. Queef, are you on mic yet? Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's here. That's all that matters. Yeah. 30 minutes late, but he here. It's all right. It's all right. It's all right. It's all right. We here. We here on our time. You know what I'm saying? We were early. Yeah, all day. Damn. We're not good at that. <laughs> all right. We do have a guest in studio. Uh, Johnny, do you want to introduce your guest? Or do you? would you like him to? Uh, he'll introduce himself, but uh, this is uh, a person that I work with very closely at uh, Jun Babi. Um, Jun Baba. <laughs> he is a friend of our chef, Eduardo Jordan. Um, oh boy, oh would you like boy. to introduce yourself, friend? What up? Uh, my name's Elmer. Uh I do stuff in the restaurant. <laughs> yeah. He's uh, the fluffer in the back. <laughs> Y'all need some more water? Back rubs? Hey, everybody keep up with that energy, guys. Um, what do you do? Yeah, what but, do you do? Uh, yeah, no, I do a lot of beverage things. I do um, basically manage the bar programs for Water Jordan restaurants, uh, both Solari and June Baby. Uh. So I keep people hydrated. Typically, he, like an elevated water boy. <laughs> I like that. I like that. I haven't heard that one before. Yeah, That's good. No, he does some crazy stuff though. Um, he, he, we make our own. We made our own root beer there for a little bit. Slit, slit. Yeah. Elmer Dula. Uh, we had a purple drink. Some purple drink. Yeah, he was thought. Was it called purple drink? Yeah, on the menu. On the menu. Really? <laughs> Come on. Man. At the Southern Restaurant. You approve that? Eduardo Jordan approved. <laughs> <laughs> If Ed approves it, it goes. He's like, that's lit. That's yeah. lit. Good. Whose idea was it? It was my idea. It's good. And what, what was in it? I know you want to give away what was in no, it. No, I mean, like, the only thing that gave off that purple hue was yeah. uh, creme de violette. Okay. So a little violette liqueur. That's cool. Nice it and sexy. sexy. Yeah. 
It was real light and refreshing. Like you could probably drink a few of those. Yeah, they're like, crushable. Put lean in it. Yeah, yeah just uh, sour. Yeah, you pouring out that lean. See, I don't put Jolly Ranchers in my lean. Oh, you don't. Sour Patch Kids. Oh, Sour Patch Kids. Okay. Keep that. Keep it okay. lit, fam. Jolly I usually Ranchers do. go in Zimas. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Zimas are bad. Did you ever? Did you ever do that? <laughs> yeah, I did. I mean, <laughs> that's so good. You used to pop the top, drop it in there, but then you, I'd reseal mine. So you take you put the bottle cap back on there and bend it close, and then you show up to the party with the Jolly Ranchers already in the the. You were batching thing. cocktails before you. Knew. <laughs> I, dude, batching cocktails is cool if you got a bunch of friends with you doing oh, that yeah. shit by yourself. But if you got an assembly line with your homies uh, and you want to batch cocktails, it, it's pretty fun. And then you got that one fucking friend that always like when they put the top on, they do it too hard and they punch the top. And it's like you're denting my. Uh, <laughs> My bottle caps, homie. You gotta, bro. You gotta move yeah. down to the poor section. <laughs> so, are you are you guys doing that? Tell us about your, tell us about the program you got. Um, well, let, let's let's go back. Let's let's skirt, skirt. yeah. Let's talk about your first industry job. Since this is an industry podcast, have a have you ever worked in the back of the house? B, how long you been in the front of the house? And then C, tell us about some of your first jobs in the industry. Um, well, basically, I just started off doing like catering while I was going to college and stuff. So, where at? Uh, at Seattle University. So it was like Bon Appetit catering. And they kind of like do uh, have accounts all over the city. Mm-hmm. I think actually all over the United States. But uh, that's Amazon. They that's have Amazon. Yeah. They have Gates Foundation. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then we Google just. And stuff. We just had on uh, Tobias. Crimple. He, yeah. He was there for. That was his first industry oh, job. Oh, gotcha. Too. Gotcha. It seems like they, they shoot people out. They get the. Well, they get. You get your foot in the door that way and they uh, train you up. Send you out into the world. Into the world. Look at my boy. That experience. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? That's cool. Yeah. Because um, it's really interesting because I know a lot of sh- chefs that I've worked with and they're like, oh, I'm going to work for Bon Appetit. And you're like, all right, cool. Um, and then they like quit two weeks later and they're like, fuck Bon Appetit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Why? I mean, I've heard pretty good things about them. I mean, I, I know that they, I, I they're don't th- all about numbers there. Yeah, I don't think I they hear. realize that they were like as corporate as oh, they are. It's like speed, time. I mean, they they want consistency. Like yeah. they, you come in one day and you bang out this many oh, trays yeah. of fruit. And it's consistency. You come in the next day and you bang out less. Trays. They want to know why. Yeah. <laughs> You know, you're not uh, banging out that many productivity. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. Uh, it's Mm -hmm. definitely the chefs there. Definitely number of chefs. Oh, yeah, for sure. They're like, oh, you know, you could get 13 slices out of that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm pretty sure that's still two millimeters too thick. (laughs) Wasting product. All right. Back to you. Um, So you started off in catering while you're in college. Yeah. And then um, had some homies. We did a lot of like club promotion things. So. Then I started barbacking at Vito's when it was a club. Oh, it was so it was lit. Like it was Ooh. like uh, like Ooh. I was in the back room, like smoking blunts. <laughs> anyone that came in, like, that was, place was no yeah, joke. Vito, that's it funny. Was crazy. I, I know that Friday and Saturday nights. It was that place was hood. no joke. Like it was nice. super dark and smoky yeah. in there. I know the sous chef of that place now. Oh, it's a totally different yeah, spot. So, yeah, uh, it's like an Italian <laughs> yeah. restaurant. Yeah, it's like fine dining. And it's shit. funny. My my uh, girl went there and watched like a kind of a jazzy show or whatever, and she had never been there before. And then her grandma mentioned like I've been I used to go there fifty years ago, and I was like, yeah, yeah. when I first moved here and I went there, it was not the way you explained it. It's not the way it was now. <laughs> yeah. It was like a trap, trap club. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying they were trapping out of there, and they were like, what? There's no way. And I was like, no, it. Trust me, it was there's a lot of Hennessy in there, Remy. There was a lot of Hennessy. <laughs> that, that's really funny. I was actually uh, watching a show and it was all about black women and stuff. And she was like, "I went to this party and there was no brown liquor." <laughs> I was like, "Oh no, Hennessy." Yeah, I know, right? I was like, by the way, did you, guys, did you guys see that new only eight bottles of that Hennessy XO was made? Did you guys read that story? No. Um, it's $40,000 a bottle. Eight bottles uh, in existence? In existence. It just came out. Let me look it up. It has quick. to be like the the tastiest Hennessy you've ever had. And that's saying that yeah. Hennessy was it's tasty in the first place. Yeah. Which it is not. <laughs> I mean, I don't mind Hennessy. It's not bad. Uh, and not Asians... Bad, but like... Every time I go to like an, oh, an Asian yeah, person's house, yeah, a, their, their house, their parents' house for dinner, after dinner, they usually pull out brown liquor. They pull out Hennessy. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. So Hennessy 8, it is called. <laughs> a $40,000 cognac celebrates two families working together for eight generations. <laughs> Damn. This bottle is no joke. I watched the video the other day. It's the box. I mean, it's it's amazing. I mean, they, they deliver it to you on like a pallet. So it's like going to eat at Canlis for fucking <laughs> yeah, right? Yuck. 
All right, so uh, you started bar back in at uh, Vito's. That's a, that's a that's a tough place to. Uh, it was legit. Cut, cut I mean, your chops. You know? It was a good like training ground. I think like there was a lot of strategy and just how you're supposed to survive out there because everyone was just lit. I'm sure, you like, saw some saw some pretty interesting things. Every no, I'm day, sure every day there. Okay, so did you? Uh, so there bar backing. Did you move out of bar backing there, or did you move? Yeah. On? So actually, uh, one of the bartenders that I was working for there worked at this other. Um, uh, this other bar called 22 Doors up on Capitol Hill on 15th. And um, at that time, that was like kind of like the revolution of craft cocktails emerging again. So um, kind of got into that. So, you know, fresh ingredients, fresh juice, all of this was like 12 years ago almost. And back then, you know, like those style cocktails were still brand new to the city. Not a lot of people were doing them um, compared to now. Like that is just everywhere like that's the standard oh yeah that's the standard now you got to know how to yeah like if you both bartend somewhere you have to know how to make make craft, craft yeah craft and then also just being in an environment of working with people in kitchens so like you know like bars usually don't have access to stuff that kitchens have access to oh yeah so it was well, like you know this fresh ingredients like making fresh juices like you know people still struggle with that at a regular bar you know like they don't have Hot plates. They don't have induction burners. They don't have Vitamixes for. Yeah, well, I mean, lots. Mm -hmm. What you're seeing nowadays is uh, bars are looking like kitchens. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So they, they and that's why I try, <laughs> I'm such a fucking asshole. Maybe that's why homeboy quit. But yeah, I, <laughs> I, I get fucking upset, man. I buy my bar everything that I, I bought them their own knives. I bought them their own uh, cutting boards, yep. like you know your own juicer. Just stop touching my stuff, man. Stop. T don't touch my things. Um, now some things you have to share, but still, I'm like, yours is this is yours. This is mine <laughs> because when I go to grab something, it's not, it's not there. there. I gotta go hunt it down between two bars. So, yeah, you're seeing a lot of days uh, bars are starting to look a lot like kitchens with induction burners yeah. and Vitamixes. And and I just feel like I think to have a successful, like, bar program, you need food to be, like, pushing it, you know? I think mm -hmm. food basically balances out, like, your money wise you know things that you have to pay for it it also it also it also it helps people stick around and it also um accompanies some of the cocktails mm -hmm. or oh, some yeah, of the drinks sure. on the menu so you know and it, it's i'd like to do that at my place too but um it's really nice when you go there and like oh this drink goes really well with this and you can see yep. how, how how the uh and it changes along the bar menu changes along with the cocktail menu so, yeah like how many of those breakfast stouts did you sell yesterday uh, I'm not sure. During lunch, we didn't sell any. Oh. But I mean, you know that the res the immediate response of posting something on Instagram mm -hmm. and having someone like walk in the door, like, "Hey, I just saw this post. I'm going to run to your restaurant yeah. right now." <laughs> I was walking by. and yeah. I, I just saw this. Instagram you know, maybe post. next week. But like, you it know, got, like that instant gratification. Yeah. And then having like, holy shit! I just got an idea. I'm going to go over there right now. It was crazy yesterday too. Like, yeah. we were like pretty dead, we and everyone hustling. was just like, "Oh, it's whatever." And then, bam, eight top, eight top, six top. We're like walking in. What? Yeah. I think I ran out of all food last yeah. night yesterday. <laughs> yeah, it's That's crazy. It's I like a I like a slow start too. I hate a slow start. I like a slow start where they start to trickle in and stuff. But when you walk in and you're just there and you're like, oh yeah, about to get the man. What? <laughs> what just happened? Just My butthole hurts. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So crazy. No, and then they say in always on like AM services, they see the one side of the restaurant that's not facing the kitchen. Yeah. So you like look outside and you're like, oh, there's you know, it's just chill. There's a couple tables out there, and then you're like, wait, there's a twelve top in the back. I need more tape. All right, so you went to what twenty two doors? Was that you I never been there. Oh man, it was it was a pretty tight spot. It was fifteenth, you know, like where Liberty's at on near Volunteer Park. Yeah, yeah. So uh -huh. that you know, there was that um, Smith. It was, oh, it was this little street. like sh quiet street off the main Capitol Hill area. Mm -hmm. How do I not know Twenty Two Doors? That's oh, weird man. for me. Do you know what it is now? Well, right now it's uh, the owner of Black Bottle bought the space. Oh, so it's like Bar Valsh. I know exactly what you're like. talking about. But it's yeah, right yeah, next yeah. to Rioni and Wandering Goose. So, I know exactly what place so. too. Uh, I, I used to work for I Black Bottle. I won't shit on them. Uh, beautiful space though. <laughs> The back, the back patios. Oh yeah, yeah, that was the thing. It was the, yeah. our patio was, you know, we would have. So I have been there, there before. And yeah. after hours, you know, people would be there till six, seven a.m. I, I, I do. Rem I didn't know the name of the place, but yes, they must I have, have been, been doing drugs. I have been for <laughs> Mas drugs. <laughs> so that before then, you had never. So you, the guy brought you up there being green. You had never bartended before. Yeah, I mean, the only like bartending experience I got was, you know, some bar backing and then catering, like pouring wines and beers. Yeah. So no beer actual like spirits mixing no. and stuff like that. So 
who's this? Do you want to shout this dude out? Because yeah, his name's Todd D. Woody. He lives in Orcas Island right now. Shout out Todd. Oh, he lives in that lavish a, life. You know what I'm saying? He owns an uh, Italian restaurant. The Island Life, brother. <laughs> island Life, brothers. <laughs> uh, so he brought you in there. You'd never made a, a Jack and Coke or anything. Not for first sell. First thing. <laughs> <laughs> I was with my buddy Jack doing coke. <laughs> uh, that's a good, that's a really good step into the industry, man. Oh, yeah. No, I I mean, most people learn, the, you know. The start. But I mean, you know, I think like just to be a good bartender, you need to be a, like an awesome bar back. Like if you're. Yeah, for sure. That speed, I mean, it's man. like kind of like me. Yeah. And you got to know where things are at. Exactly. And clean, no, cleanliness is a big thing. There's levels to bartending, just like there's levels to cooking. Like you wouldn't necessarily want to hire someone who's never been a dishwasher in the kitchen because you know that they're not going to. Number one, wash dishes. Yeah. <laughs> Number two, understand like the organization of you know a station or making sure that you have all your mise en place and all that other stuff. Like even like urgency. Yeah, urgency. Like smart. you need to know that there is there's steps and uh, it's it's cool to see that there's steps to the bar just like there's steps to the kitchen and there's also steps in the front of the house too. But at the same time, like uh, yeah, not so much. It's, they can skip around. They can skip steps. around. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy with bartending. People are like, oh, what bartending school did you go to? or whatever I'm like I never went to bartending school and everybody that I know that did go to bartending school or class don't bartend like it's <laughs> hot garbage yeah you well, just got gypped right <laughs> yeah. no for real I mean, we have, lots, we have like, we, the same thing we have tons of friends in the industry that paid you know or mostly parents paid for their culinary degree mm-hmm. and a lot of them don't they're not using I mean everything they learned in school is like you gotta unteach them that stuff yeah. well yeah it's interesting I see I feel like I've I see people who go to college first, like regular college, um, and then go to culinary school, like kind of split that that time up so they're not just getting burnt out, seem to progress faster and further in this field, um, as well as, you know, people who don't go to culinary school. They're a little, bit, old, they're a little so bit older. Yeah, they're a little bit older and more mature, but there's a lot of kids who are, and like, really young and fresh out of culinary school, and they just, like, just flop, and then they're like, well, okay, I guess I'll just go back to, like, selling clothes at American Apparel. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's <laughs> my day job. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that's the thing is, like, you know, when you're young, it's like, I want to cook, I want to be a chef, I want to own my own restaurant, yeah. and it's like... You yeah. really don't know what you want. That's why people yeah. in four-year colleges don't really pick their major until two or three yeah. years later. Um, but that's what happens. They pay for this fancy degree. They get out and they go, damn, man, everybody hates me. I'm an alcoholic. I don't make no money. I don't make no money. I'm poor. I'm living on my friend's couch. Maybe this. I'm just not cut out for this kind of work. It's, it's, oh, which actually brings me to a point that um, somebody was talking about. Um Vancouver, BC, and how they have a chef shortage, and their chef shortage is because like people aren't getting paid the right amount of money, and like they can't afford to live in the city, and like only in Vancouver. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And I'm like, this is going around everywhere, and it's also I'm like, you know, you really can't blame the restaurants. Like they're doing the best they can. I was like, I personally work for a restaurant that gives healthcare and pays me fifteen dollars an hour. I also own my own house, so I don't really see what the everyone's bitching about. Like, just get your (laughs) shit together. You can make it. It's because they're giving away free heroin up there. Yeah, well, is that. (laughs) And it's also like a lot of people feel like I think they they fall into this lifestyle of being a chef and being a chef means like you stay out late and get drunk with your friends and like blah, 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 waste all your money on prostitutes and cocaina. And (laughs) is that what you think a chef life is all about? No, I I don't personally. And you can tell that because isn't that the chef life? Yeah. (laughs) You're looking at your chef every day you go to work. I was like, like, I bet I know what you did last night. Prostitutes. (laughs) (laughs) Is that what they call them? The front of the house? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. Oh. Some of them are. Yeah. Are the ones Mario that come Batali. out and tell it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very touchy subject right now. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Okay. So you are working at uh, uh, door 22? 22 doors. 22, 22 yeah, I, I was doors. there for like eight years. Oh, oh damn. Oh, I was there right in that place. Yeah. Like, it, it, was, it was a nice, eight nice little years. setting. Yeah. You got mad comfortable there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> had the regs coming. He probably had. Oh, yeah, I had regulars for days. <laughs> I saw weed get, like, legalized. Like, I had, like, some lobbyists and everything, like, just chilling on that patio, like, doing their meetings and everything. When you oh, um, when you came when you came there, was it was uh, 
was smoking still legal in Seattle? So they could smoke in your yeah. bar? Well, they weren't smoking inside. They did smoke on the patio just because we served food in there. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, it was still legit to, like, still be outside and not 10 feet. Regardless, yeah. after that thing passed, people were still smoking outside. Yeah. And the crazy thing about that law was, like, I – I mean, I'm only 27 – and I remember smoking. You look old as hell, fool. I, it's babies and <laughs> babies and fucking and food. Nah, but at least thirty-seven. Like no crap. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's like uh, I remember uh, what was it? It was the one next to Teeny Biggs. Oh, hula hula. Yeah, but it was before it was hula hula. It was like a. It what was are you like doing a, in there? It was a diner. <laughs> my sister, my sister was older, and she would have me come hang out with her friends. Oh, you're 18. talking about before hula hula expanded yeah. and took over the oh, other okay. spot. That yeah. was a hole in the wall. Yeah, and they and I remember like I was like 16, 17, and I was smoking in there, and I was like, everyone's like, you can't smoke it here anymore. It was like, no. Uh, it's just crazy to think that like. I just got thrown out of a club last week for smoking <laughs> in the club. <laughs> okay, so you're there for eight years, and then, um, yeah, then where'd you go after that? Um, actually, I got a, I got a call from one of my homies. Uh, he was um, working at Barsayor at the time. They just opened up, but he had a Matt Dillon a shift a shift that he wanted covered. So he kind of like just reached out to me and asked me to cover him for that day. So I bartended there, and then after that shift, they're like do you want to just work here? And so I stayed there for like almost a good three years. That's gotta be a tough decision, man. How it was it? a tough, de- I was at a spot for eight years. Yeah. yeah. But you know, at that time I wanted something different and, and it was a little bit more elevated like going on. I mean, yeah, I mean, this was a magical place. Like I was in there and it was like this beautiful spot, wood fire burning, mm-hmm. you know, like you're right in Pioneer square. Just like, yeah, look nice and pretty was. So at this time was, was Ed there? Yeah, so Ed was the chef that opened that restaurant with Matt Dillon. Got so you. He was the chef de cuisine guy there. So history lesson, people. History mm-hmm. lesson. Yeah, that's when it all began. And that's <laughs> and that's when you it's, that's when you linked up. Well, yeah. it's crazy to think that like he that he went through all of that stuff, you know, working in in New York and um, doing all his things over there, and then coming over here because he worked at French Laundry in in L.A. In Napa. Yeah, Napa. Napa. Yeah. And then he comes up here, works for Matt Dillon, opens up Bar Seor, and then like progressively is now you know one of yeah. the top tier chefs in the city. Yeah, I um, think that was like his time to. I mean, you know, like talking to Ed that he basically told me like, I'm going to treat this place like as if it was my own. Yeah, place. Like, no. As it was like a playing ground, you know, like, which he should. Yeah. I mean, that's what a lot of times they want. They the people owners want you to make it your own. And it's really like, I mean, like I, I wish for that day so hard <laughs> where, I could, where I could have that a restaurant that like already is has a, you know someone i felt like that's what it was like at chop shop for me where like i had a like not famous chef but a good a well-known chef's name behind it so already generating customers guests and whatnot and then she was like you don't ask me what to order you just order it and do whatever you want and then i just got to have so much fun and then you know then the money problems start (laughs) but you know how it goes but i mean but that's the only way to see the other side of the business no exactly it's it's to be it's to see like how the ordering directly affects sales and like how sales directly affect like you know if you're able to pay your rent um and things like that so mismanagement of money mismanagement of money chefs do it too chefs do it i I mean if you're lucky if you have an owner who's on top of their shit Mm -hmm. and the chef is fucking up they'll put you in check but if you don't have an owner they're not gonna let that slide no too long yeah but if but if the owner doesn't know you know what's going on they're fucked (laughs) and and you fuck over all your cooks yeah you know that's so so yeah, so you're at Basayor, and the that's where you meet Ed at, um, yeah. and then what happened there? Well, basically, just you know, doing shifts there, and it was just awesome because it's learned about a lot of food, a lot of ingredients, meeting mm-hmm. a lot of farmers. Is that really is that really where you kind of started, you know, kind of stepping behind the in the back of the house and kind of learning? Oh yeah, that about- one was way more hands on. Like you know, at that point, like Ed was like having me like we need to use up this can you make this into a soda can you make this into a shrub let me taste that shit that's, oh my that's what I say. you need to cut bread you need to cut you need to put these pickles away i'm like i'm the bartender what are you telling me what to do here no, still, still part of the fam yeah, yeah. nobody is beneath anything in his restaurants yeah. and that's the one reason so why sick. i enjoy working for him so good he's like you need something to do here go we'll wash these things i'm yeah. like yeah <laughs> like what yeah <laughs> what should stay, i sign up for <laughs> 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 same thing on your phone yeah yeah. Uh, yeah i mean it's the same i i can't 
can't do that where I'm at now. I mean, I asked Daya come like make simple syrup, and I'm like, I heard. I go. I asked them. I go, what's simple syrup? How do you make simple syrup? They're like equal parts. And I go, there's an induction burner. Yeah. Here's a sugar. I'll show you how to do it. And I ask them all the time. I have stuff that's like, hey, this was from a party. I got all this extra fruit. Do you want to make? You know, do you want to make cocktail? Like, no, not really. Yeah. And it just that just sucks because if I feel like you should be excited to do that because then when you're pouring cocktails and make mixing drinks and you're yeah, like, you yeah, I made process. that, I made yeah. that, you know, and you know that everything's spot on and tasty and like banging and not rancid, you know, like yeah. shit like There's that. A, fill a mold on top. Yeah, well, exactly. Well, I mean, yeah, it's the thing. I make pickle pickleback juice mm -hmm. at my work and I keep I always ask the bartenders. I was like, did you try? Did you taste it? Did you taste this batch? Did you to make sure? And the, no. Like, how do you not? Yeah. And then somebody can complain about it being like, this I, is I like way too it. tart or way too spicy. Or Well, that's nice. I mean, so it sounds like you, you know, and then you built, you built a friendship with them. Oh yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, you really appreciate when people do that, when they really force you kind of out of your comfort zone oh, yeah. and, you know, and he was teach there. you new things. Yeah. And that's the thing he was teaching, you know, like if I had an idea, I can ask it and he would like, kind of like give me like advice on like process or technique or something like how would this be better texture wise or something. So he would like, you know, help me out, which was awesome. You know, was, and that's, yeah, that's just the way he is. There's really. some direction. Yeah. I, I hear he was a little bit different back in those days, though. Yeah, I mean, back in those days, he was definitely like drill sergeant like mm -hmm. style. Oh shit! Yeah, that's what I've, like, never, I've heard. There was no bell. I mean, it's still up to his same, you know, his same regiment now. Like, you don't ring a bell. You don't do it. everything's like. He yells, "Hands! You need to run there." Anybody. It's, a, it's amazing. It could be anybody. It's like whenever somebody else is in the window calling for hands, everyone's like, la, 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 la. As soon as Chef steps in that window, everyone's like, ten hut. Yeah, like everybody's ears perk up. Like, yeah. like, I'm going to get fired if I don't go yeah, exactly. Even if that food got ran already and I didn't show up, you're, yeah. you're screwed. Yeah. It was intense. Like even we do menu Holy talks before, before service and our menu changed like almost every day. And he would go down the menu and not only talk about like all the ingredients in the process, he would quiz everybody. Mm -hmm. So everybody would be shitting bricks before shift every day. That oh, was. God. You, I couldn't yeah. tell you how many times servers come up to me right now and they're like, so how was this made? And what do you do? And I'm like, yeah, oh. Right yeah. now it's pretty chill. Yeah, and it's chill. Like, yeah. It's, back then, if you didn't know your shit, you were fucked. You would feel like you wanted to quit like the whole shift. <laughs> <laughs> Even if you were the best server the day before, oh if you didn't know that God. answer, you'd feel like shit the entire day. Like, oh, my God. But it kept people on their toes, you know? Yeah. It made them care and like. And for, and for those three years, it was like one of the best restaurants in the city. Oh, like, yeah. We were he sounds like he's cringy. tough to work. He was tough to work oh, for. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, I've heard. But he's super chill. Yeah, as a person, he's super chill. Yeah. But when it comes down to it, you know, like when yeah, when it's business time, it's business time, it's go time. But he yeah, his his energy is I mean, I I enjoy having him in the kitchen specifically for his energy because he just gets everybody so hype. And even when people are frustrated and upset, um, he's still happy and pushing oh, you yeah. to like be better and like taste everything and make sure everything's hot and stuff. And it's like he he always says like, yeah, it's his name behind it, but we're the we're the we're the gears, you know, we're the ones right. that are keeping this thing moving. And you know, like yeah, he won June Baby won best new restaurant in the country, and it was you know it's his restaurant, but we were the ones that executed. You guys that. did it, we, man. We did it, and you know, we did it for him, and he, it makes him proud and stuff like that. So, um, it's it's cool to see like that. It's cool to see how you've grown with him and how we've all grown and like the, even the CDC of Solari. We didn't, we didn't get to that. Yet. We're not <laughs> at the future. We're not at Solari. Oh, we're, oh yeah, we're not at Solari. <laughs> we're still down at Pioneer Square, man. <laughs> Getting ahead of yourself. We Sorry. don't know what could have happened. With yeah, he quit. Maybe, maybe him and uh, Eduardo had like a falling out or whatever. Or he, <laughs> you know, he got addicted to crack and went to rehab and I came mean, back. That could happen. And we don't know yet. Back. Stay tuned. All right. <laughs> still addicted. <laughs> <laughs> Update. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Um, all right, so you're at Barche Door, you're elevating your game. Uh, he's learning about running running a restaurant. Um, and w at what point did did you he start hearing mumblings about him wanting to open his own place? Um, I mean, you know, that wasn't really a topic that we talked about, you know, just working there. But we did, like, have a, a meeting, you know, like Matt Dillon, everybody else came in. And then it was announced that 
Eduardo is going to be leaving his position because he's going to be opening up a spot. But so. you didn't know before. I didn't know before the meeting. He yeah. never said nothing to never. you. Yeah, and he did that all Kickstarter, right? He did do the Kickstarter, but that was almost towards the opening of the restaurant. Oh, okay. So running out of funds. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the Kickstarter. This is how he told me. It was like you know to help fund like plates or stuff like that for the restaurant because yeah. everything else was already pretty much like in gear. All the constructions already need the small, small things. Yeah. So just, you know, that little like cushion first. I mean, it happens a lot at restaurants. You know, people have the money to build the restaurants. but They don't think a lot about the aprons, Mm -hmm. you know, the silverware. And it's like you get down there like, oh, man, I'm pretty within my budget. But you're like, oh, I just need a couple more things. Tablecloths. And did he build that one like he did June Baby or? Yeah, that one was a lot of hands on. He's just very hands-on in general. Yeah. So, like, his dad flew in, helped do a lot of the construction. It's awesome. You know, a lot of people are just, you know, there's kind of like a community that he built within the restaurant. I mean, like when, hands, but, you know, but when you have a leader like that, you know, he may be hard on you and he may want things a certain way, but you respect him and you believe in his way and he's a good mentor to people, you know, so people have his back, mm-hmm. oh, you yeah. know, and that's what it was. And some people wanted to be involved with his project because they believe in it. They yeah. know he's not, he wasn't handed it. It's not like it's, you know, somebody had a lunch of money and was like, hey, we'll build you a restaurant. No, he was there swinging a hammer or whatever. Yeah. Shit, so, I was laying grout. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I did that yeah, time in that like, hallway. Chef, dog. chef, I came here to be a cook. Yeah, right? exactly. <laughs> I'm out there chipping workers. tiles and yeah. shit like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, we were getting it in. <laughs> That's what's up. I mean, uh, it builds character. <laughs> it builds character. So at what, what point did he speak with you or did you approach him? How did that? How did that go? Uh, you know, like when he announced that there was just you know this whole commotion about like people in the front of the house, people in the back of the house, like oh who's gonna leave, who's gonna follow, him? who's coming with me. <laughs> but you know, there's that whole fine line of like poaching and you know so, exactly. So it was you know you have to approach him opposed to him going to you. So there was you know people like ah oh, I love Barcelona so much I don't want to leave. Or, you know, I want to just follow Ed kind of thing. So. It was kind of like us and Oddfellows when we went to go to Bell and Wheat. Yeah, gotta go, gotta go. Even gotta though Brian go. poached the shit out of us. Yeah, yeah. he <laughs> came through. Like, y'all coming with me or y'all staying with this? <laughs> and we were like, please. <laughs> like, I, mean, I like you and all, but I got to go. Yeah. Um, so you approached him? No, actually, I didn't approach him. Poached. So, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, so this is how I went down. So actually, like, a bunch of the servers that decided to go with him were like, you should talk to him because he doesn't know when to do the bar. You should talk to him. He doesn't know when to do the bar. And I was like, well, I'm kind of, like, cool here. I live in Pioneer Square. I live a block from Barcelona. It's mm-hmm. kind of, like, this ideal situation right now. Although Ed's my homie, I want to work with him. You know, I never really, like, brought it up to him. And we did this pop-up down in Portland for his friends that uh, they own this restaurant called Holdfast, but it's like his friend that he worked with at uh, French Laundry. And it was on his birthday and we drove down this entire way. And as in my head, I'm like, should I ask him? Should I ask him? <laughs> and so I brought the question up to him. I was like, so do you have someone to do the bar? And he's like, I have, you know, I have, I don't have someone right now, but I'm thinking about some people and we get down and do the, the pop up and they introduced me as oh this is the bar manager Solari and I'm like the fuck like, <laughs> where did this come from like, like he was thinking about you anyway yeah well that's what I was thinking yeah. but then you know like on the drive back I was like so am I and he's like well I actually can't bring you on right now because I guess he had like a talk with like someone about like enough people left the restaurant already so too many people yeah so I was like okay cool he's just like hang tight whatever yeah, just chill just chill yeah work it out so, I mean, fast forward, you know, they got the restaurant open and then the bar manager was like, I'm going to travel, so I'm going to leave. And he's like, well, this is your time. Do you want to do it? And I was like, fuck yeah. Like, he just opened up the restaurant and the bar manager that was there. Yeah. Well, this is probably like four or five months into the restaurant. Okay. Opening, so yeah, I'm going to travel. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to take yeah. off. So that, that's the thing about some front of the house people, man. It's like, you that's know, what they do. And then they come back. And I've been like, saving up some money. I think I'm just going to go to, you know, Europe or like Southeast Asia for a couple months. You know, I'll be back. You know, <laughs> and I'll have my job back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'll get two jobs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Make that money again. Yeah. All right. So now's your time. You stepped up to the plate. Yeah, so now Solari just working out with Ed, this kind of, he wants it approachable. It's about the food, you know? And so it's kind of like the same thing we've been doing at Barcelor. And I was like, that's totally easy, you know? Like, he's like, it's just different because it's more of a neighborhood restaurant. At that time, it wasn't, like, blowing up, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it was, it was getting attention, but it wasn't, like, 
award nominations, articles, blah blah blah. You know, so this it was more about we need to feed the, the neighborhood. That's right. That was the main thing. Get it's, it popping. Family and there's neighborhood. You know. That's so, right. We got um, a job to do. Let's get it done. Yeah. So just you know. What was that feeling like when you walked? But you know, you walked back in that door for the first day and. And saw Ed there, and you hopped behind the bar and stuff. Was it just like, you know, did it feel like old times, or did it feel like something new and refreshing? Like, what, what, well, what was I the mean, feeling? It what felt did... like both. It just, you know, like having a, you know, being comfortable about just walking around his kitchen and not caring about, like, what people are doing because you need to get your shit done. And just having that comfortableness to, you know, hey, where's the scale? Where's this? Can mm-hmm. I grab it? You know, instead of, like, looking at, like, a dummy walking around. <laughs> yeah. like, uh, excuse me. Because the back of the house got a lot of shit to do. Like, yeah. I understand that. And, you know, and if I keep looking around for it, I'm wasting my time. Get the fuck out of my way. Yeah. What the fuck do you need? Why are you in my kitchen? <laughs> but then just learning the layout, like, Solari's way different from, like, how Sayor was, you know, yeah. structured. So, you know, that was more open. Solari's a little yeah. bit more this weird rectangle shape, so. Yeah, but it's still so bright. Like, in the summertime, oh, when yeah. that well, sun comes through. Solari? Yeah, Solari is fucking gorgeous. Yeah. It gets well, lit like up. 80% yeah. windows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, so you're at Solari. Obviously, we saw, you know, the success of that place. And yeah. then... Uh, same thing. What uh, did you did, did he speak with you personally about oh, the new place or did was, well, it, was yeah. it the kind of an announcement thing? No. So we he was like, "Hey, do you want to grab a drink after work?" And you know, we headed to single shot, and he was like, "So uh, went to single shot." Yeah, I, you know, actually, that was our. We used to go there after work, like as a like back of the house, front of the house, like after. What? Why service. single shot though? Up on the hill. Yeah. I think because it's out of the it neighborhood, it's a good bar. Shout out Rory. Yeah, you know it was always chill over there. Oh, I love all the bartenders shot. that working. The, yeah, working that's there a great was always like good homies. That's, that's a seems, great place, and it's a good hideout. It so. seems like yeah. it's a hideout, and but it seems just like no it's parking. a yeah. <laughs> it seems tickets. like a really big in, industry spot. Like I know it a is. lot of industry yeah, folks, and then Sun Liquors next to it too. Yeah, so it was like you had also straight two tight spots to go to. Yeah, good good block. Yeah, so yeah, went got a drink. Yeah, and he was like. How do you feel about uh, us opening another spot here? Which basically was saying, we're opening up another spot. Do you want to stick around? (laughs) (laughs) But I was like, yeah, man, I support this. Like, I'm I'm down. Just whatever you're going to do, let's do it. But so you're in in charge of like, you're in charge of training. You're in charge of hiring. Yeah. You're in charge of ordering. Ordering, menu. Menu, design. Yeah. Um, And then now I do the social media for both the restaurants as well. So it's kind of like. That was Homegirl's job, right? Wasn't she doing that? Scusi. Scusi. Scusi on. Scusi on. Scusi on up. Yeah, Elmer does a good and better job. Whoa. <laughs> Shots fired. Love you, Sue. I didn't see that, but that was $5 going in. <laughs> so, damn. So, I mean, yeah. And so when he said that, you knew it was like adding double um, the amount of work to your plate. I didn't realize it till now. You didn't think about it. You didn't think about it. You're like, yeah, I'm all for it, man. Let's just say it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's like I got two hands. Um, So they opened up the new place, uh, and were you a little bit more hands on with opening up June Baby since you were with Solari? Yeah. Like we would do like little huddles, you know, me, Ed, and Susie at the time, and like kind of like think about like brainstorm what is this good place going to encompass? Like, what are these like. What values, what, you know, like just this whole, like more, this, it was more conceptual than just a restaurant, mm-hmm. you know, like this one was going to be a little bit more than just a restaurant, which, you know, like the encyclopedia of food and, you know, like even with the cocktails, I made it not just cocktail names. I made it like poets, you know, kind of like name the cocktails after like famous black artists, you know, and it's Here, kind of, now here's, here's my question. So I have friends you know my friends on bathtub gin mm-hmm. and uh, a big thing about bathtub gin is maddie the, yeah exactly <laughs> shout out matt james so the big thing about there is naming you know naming cocktails and yeah. then some of the, and and each person that a lot of people that i know bartenders that i know uh we always talk about how um which came first the name or the cocktail yeah. so which way do you work do um you- so basically at june baby i did I just got a, a, a poet basically and read a bunch of his poems or actually multiple poets. And then, you know, I'm like, I found this one guy um, and found his short poems. I was like, this is the perfect amount of cocktails I want to have on the list. I'm going to go through his poems, feel what I want to feel, and then kind of like put ingredients based on that. Um, and initially I was like, okay, this is tight. 
<laughs> I'm gonna give a person a poem after they order each of these house cocktails. Yeah. And then June may be open and we had like a million people. I'm like, we're not fucking giving <laughs> poems to anybody. <laughs> so that but never came to fruition. That never happened. That never happened. That's it a was, great fucking idea though. It was ridiculous. Yeah. I, the volume we were doing over there, I was like, this is this It was is a little bit unreal. different than, yeah, than yeah. Solari. I mean, we did 210 this weekend. Yeah. I mean, and for a 60 seating restaurant, yeah, know, we're not a bar or a club. Mm-hmm. Like it's, that's it a turn. We are cranking. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty awesome. So you are you are a name name first, then name first, then ingredients. Yeah. yeah, that's the thing about a lot of people, a lot of good bartenders. It's like you, you find a great name, mm-hmm. and then it know? gives you influence into, and then and then you then you can sit and think on that, like what would be in that drink. Yeah, instead of making up an amazing drink and then going, "Fuck, what the hell am I gonna name this drink?" <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing too. Like when I was at Barcelona, like all our cocktails were cocktail one, cocktail two, cocktail three, <laughs> cocktail four. So it'd be like just these numbers. And then now I had like this whole like ability to like do, well, let's back. Like at this point in your career, you should be making good drinks no matter what. Like, yeah, you've yeah. been bartending for freestyle that shit. It just better be taste good. Yeah. Like no matter what you make, it should taste decent at yeah. least, you know, at most. But yeah, no, it's, it was just more of a challenge to go, you know, that route and do it and see it be successful still, you know. It's my my salads on my menu are called this one, that one, and the other one. <laughs> I don't think you're joking. No, I'm no, not. He's definitely not. Yeah. No. no, but that's so I'll take this one, I'll take that one, or I'll take the other one. Like two of those. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. So June Baby opened up, you're getting your ass kicked, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh did was looking in hindsight, but reflecting back, did Solari's cocktail or bar program did it take a hit? Because uh, you initially, were- um, not really, because June Baby was getting so much hype and overflow that people would walk over to Solari just because they were waiting, and there's and they could nothing else really in Ravenna. I mean, there was yeah. a dive bar in between, but if you were waiting an hour and you drove, no one just lives in Ravenna that you know it's going to be. There's not 200 people that live in Ravenna that are going to go eat dinner there. So these people drove over there, made their way into. Ravenna. They're not leaving. They're not leaving. Fun fact: I think, I think, I'm not. Am I going to say this is totally true? But I'm pretty sure that Solari had something to do with my grand, uh, my girlfriend's grandmother moving across the street. From, oh, to the old folks' home. Yeah. Oh, nice. So she lives directly across the street from Solari. That's funny. That's uh, wow. she moved by. Um, okay, so you're at uh, what? What? What's what holds? What's in? What's in the future for for you? The cocktail program. Um, you know, like. I've been doing... You just got handed the social media. Well, I, I do, like, a lot of stuff on the side, too. So um, I would do, like, a bunch of, like, pop-ups with buddies that are, like, chefs. Yeah. And, um, you know, there's... Just seeing what June Baby's going with, you know? Like, there's so much potential, and it's just a early stage. We're not even a year old yet. So uh, yeah, that's yeah, what that's what Johnny had told me. Johnny had told me that you 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 know you travel out of town with with Eduardo a lot. Yeah, and you do a lot of pop up dinners and stuff like that. Um, any 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 ones coming up soon? We know about any other chefs you want to shout out? Um, not not right now. No. Um, like one thing that I usually do every year is I go down to uh, to Arizona to this little place called Arco Santi. But I, I don't know if you've ever heard it, but it's like this urban oasis in the middle of the desert, but it's on this plateau and some architect from like the 50s or something created this place. And uh, I guess it's like one band from LA was driving through LA during their tour and stopped here and like, oh, we need to do a, a show here. So I do like a little like band. thousand, they're called Hundred Waters, they're out of LA. Okay. Um, but they do this uh, little, it's kind of like a, it's a festival, but it's like a thousand people festival. You have to apply and get accepted to get in, you know, to go to this festival. Oh, it's pretty much all paid for. Yeah. So, you know, there I was like batching cocktails for a thousand people for four days, you know, and like being the bartender. And then like this year I did it again and it was like in charge of like the food trucks. And then, you know, like being just having them, you know, helping place it and, you know, the cocktail, like having all the cocktail stuff situated. And, you know, there was it was legit, you know, like, yeah. uh, like. Skrillex comes every year, so I got to hang out with him. This year, like, I was sitting at one of the food truck 
little like picnic areas and like hanging out with Solange, you know, just talking shit with her. <laughs> oh so, yeah, just Solange knows. Because it's, you know, it's a thousand people. That's like less than a club. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's a private kind of like not yeah. known. You just let the secret. You let the cat out of the bag, man. Yeah. No, well, I mean, people have to apply. So if they don't get accepted, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You're gonna go do. The, are you gonna go do that again soon? Or yeah. And oh well, that's in May. But okay. like other than that, like uh, we have this um, Filipino group called Elao now. Um, so it's here in Seattle. Here in Seattle. So it's basically oh. like uh, industry professionals that kind of like group and like we've been do. We did a dinner and we actually did a couple dinners, and we don't know what's next because now people are reaching out to us and it's it's weird because oh, I was at a barbecue and then um, my friend Mich- uh, Melissa that works at Bar del Corso. Um, she was like, hey, there's some of these Filipino chefs meeting up. I think you should go meet them. <laughs> They're trying to do events. They're trying to push you out, man. Because, well, I didn't know it, but there's, yeah. you know, there's Filipino people working in the industry everywhere. Yeah. You know, it's whatever. And, you know, Pacific so they kind Islanders. of like founded this group and it's, you know, they're, it's like, we're going to fight um, institutionalized racism. You know, like that's kind of our thing. Because I think in the industry, you know, there's a lot of minorities that work in them are hard workers. And, you know, there's a lot of their bosses kind of like have these social, you know, like I think it's racist, but, you know, like, at, you know, they just have a, an idea what this person's going to do. Yeah. Kind yeah. Of thing, like it's, They're like, since you you're know. Pacific Islander, you're going to stick to your like Pacific Islander food. You're going to roll lumpia and shit like that. Yeah. Or, you know, like dishwashers, <laughs> like dishwashers have to be Mexican. It's yeah. kind of those mentalities and stuff. So they're kind the, of like break that up. They're the best. They're the best dishwashers. <laughs> we uh, don't have dishwashers at okay. Solari anymore? That's what I was just uh, going to say. I, was gonna, I, I talked about it last week. Like, uh, I read that letter on air because I thought, thought it was so, so amazing. Uh, how do you feel about that? Um, I mean... Do you, they got you back there that, doing dishes now? Uh, not yet. <laughs> yeah. But, uh... Elmer's for, special. Okay. For, yeah. Fortunate. I, I wash nice. all the glasses in the restaurant. <laughs> all of them. I do my own polishes. dishes. Yeah. Yeah, he, he, has, he does his own part. He does his side. <laughs> right. Um... But I, you know, like just seeing it the last few weeks, it, it's just, it seems like the chefs know what they're doing. You know, it's no, I mean, cause we're starting to move into that into June baby as well, where we, we don't have, we have a dishwasher maybe two, three days a week. Um, and it's like frustrating cause us cooks will go back there and do dishes and just kill it to yeah. smash the dish with it. And then we hired somebody to do this fucking job. Struggling. And they struggle. And they keep everybody there late. And the it's just like, we get out earlier when the cooks wash dishes than when we have our dishwasher wash dishes. Yep. Dishwashers, want the, they want them hours now. They don't know. It's just that or they don't just care. Slow. And yeah. they know how to group things, you know. It yeah. just makes sense. Uh, yeah. But yeah, like so. Organizing it. Well, thank you so much for coming on to the show. No way, thank you. Yeah, any shout outs you want to shout out anybody, say hi to anybody? No. No? It's just. <laughs> No, I mean, we basically <laughs> told Ed's story without Ed being yeah. <laughs> No, we told his story. So, you know. We paid homage. homage. Uh, well, I know, but it's, it's it, I mean, being being a bar manager or, or, you know, being a bartender, I mean, it's it, it really helps a restaurant. No, it really does. You know, um, a lot of times a restaurant isn't, people only go to places for, the cocktails. They know nothing about food. And that's the thing like Canon, right? Yep. I Canon Canon's got really good food. Yeah, their food is nobody awesome. fucking goes there for the food. They go there for the cocktails. Mm-hmm. And uh, so there's a lot of places out there that you can find, you know, really good food at, but um they're they're, they're not focused on the and that same thing, June Baby and Solari. I mean, you don't really hear too much about their cocktail program. You yeah. know, it's all about the food. So it was really nice when Johnny said you're coming in here. So maybe people that do listen to our show that are fans of Eduardo's um, know, you know, go there and get a drink. Yeah. Um, bar game so, on point. Solari does have a good bar. I've yeah. been yeah. to their bar before. Actually, so. um, one of my drinks for uh, the guy that named us one of the best restaurants this year for Esquire, his favorite thing out of all the best new restaurants. Dropping names. Was my drink? Yeah. Oh yeah. I made <laughs> it. Yeah. What was so, it called? Um, what is it called? Length of the moon. Yeah, it was like something. Yeah, of it's the moon. watermelon molasses. Oh Ooh. yeah, I forgot about. It. Yeah, that was that was the process, bro. Like just yeah. having chef be back there, we're making watermelon molasses, like molasses and watermelon yeah. juice, Reducing and the chef's thing. trying to pump it out of the sausage oh, yeah. pumper, like to get the juice <laughs> out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and like we finally get to this nice fucking sexy ass, you know, molasses consistency, and he comes over with eight more quarts of watermelon juice. It's like, bam! Yeah. We're like, no! no, it's nine o'clock at night, yeah. chef. Stop, please. 
why are you doing this to me? He's like, I'll be here. I'll check in on it. I want to get Probably. back. No, but it, it was cool. It was cool to have that happen. It was dope. Elmer got his name out in there. That's the streets. That's great. Skirt. Um, are we? <laughs> yeah, let's get to ingredient of the week. Uh, we let Elmer uh, pick our ingredient of the week, and what did you choose, good sir? Coconut. Coconut. Uh, what'd you call it there? Uh, Coconutty. Coconutty. All right. Um, so we'll let you do. You want to do a cocktail with it? Yeah. Yeah. You and then um, I'm gonna do a pork tenderloin marinade. What are you gonna do, Johnny? I'm gonna do a curry. With Co- some coconut juice. That'll go. That'll go good with uh, my tenderloin. Uh, who wants to go first? Uh, let's let the guests go first. Sure. Yeah. So I'm. Um, I'm just gonna do kind of like a, a play off an old fashioned. So kind of using. I'm gonna use rum, like a nice navy strength rum. Um, probably use Smith and Cross. Two ounces of that. Make a little coconut juice and simple syrup. So a little coconut simple. Um, use that as a sweetener. And then, are, are you like are you shredding the um, coconut into the simple syrup? Like so, basically, I can Vitamix some shredded coconut. Yeah. Uh, do a two to one simple syrup, blend that up, pass it through the chinois. Perfect. Um, have that syrup there. Do a half an ounce of that with the rum. Um, stir in maybe a little bit of like coconut sap vinegar just to give it a little bite instead of bitters. Um, simple. That on rock. Sounds good. Yeah. Johnny? I'll go. Um, I actually switched it up because I found a recipe that actually just called to me way more than <laughs> red curry. Uh, coconut rice and red beans. Um, and it actually, That's I like it. still go good with my Puerto No, Rican. yeah, I like it because uh, I'm, I'm Puerto Rican and red beans and rice is definitely a prevalent thing in my culture. And then it also is prevalent for the restaurant I work for. It's in Southern food. It's crazy. So uh, what you're going to do for that is you're going to have eight ounces of dried kidney beans. You're going to soak those overnight. Um, kosher salt and freshly ground pepper, a tablespoon of vegetable oil, three cloves of garlic thinly sliced, two scallions, two cups of unsweetened coconut milk, um, one green scotch bonnet chili pierced with a paring knife. Um, and that's so you can actually get the spice out from inside of that without actually exposing all the seeds um and then two cups of long grain white rice and then what you're going to do is in a large saucepan cover the beans with water season liberally with um salt after you bring it to a boil reduce um and then maintain the cooking for about 40 minutes until they're nice and cooked um then you're going to drain the beans in a colander and return the pan to medium heat you're going to heat the oil in a pan and stir in the garlic scallions cook for about three minutes um add your beans add your coconut milk uh your chili bring that to a simmer cook the beans a little bit longer for about eight to ten minutes until it starts getting more thick um then you're going to rinse the rice in a sieve so kind of get that starch off because you've already accumulated quite a bit of starch in that coconut and bean mixture um and then you're going to do it until it runs clear and then you'll add your rice cover and simmer for about 20 minutes and then when you pop it out it'll be a nicely cooked um dish of rice and beans uh, sounds good mine's uh, super super duper easy so you're gonna get yourself a kitchen aid or a uh Roboku, whatever. Um, and in there, you're going to take like a half of a ginger, fresh ginger. You're going to shred it up. Um, you're going to grab one big, huge heaping pile of uh, a tablespoon of uh, curry powder. Um, you're going to do about tablespoon, two tablespoons of fresh lime juice, one teaspoon of star anise, uh, one teaspoon of uh, smoked paprika. Uh, you're going to grab a, a about a big pinch of uh, black pepper and salt. Um, you're gonna cut up some Scotch bonnets. Um, uh, five, six, seven cloves of uh, garlic. Um, you're gonna toss that in there with uh, your coconut milk, which I know you can use a can, um, and then about mm, half a cup of extra virgin olive oil. You're gonna turn that. Um, um, Thing on. Roboku on. Uh, and you're going to let it uh, whip up, get some air in there. Um, and then you're going to pour it over top of your pork tenderloin. Make sure it is soaked in there. I would let it soak for about uh, at 20, least eight hours. Yeah, yeah minimum, minimum eight hours. <laughs> uh, but uh, I used to do mine 24 hours. Oh, hell yeah. And make sure before you put your pork tenderloin in there, you trim all the excess fat off of it and stuff like that. You can tie it if you want. Um, and then I would uh, probably grill that bad boy. Um, and then while you're grilling it, you keep turning it and keep taking that taking that marinade and basting it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You can use the rest. You can maybe cook it down or something like that. Add a little sauce to go uh, over make the top. Make a little sauce to go over top. I would probably add a little bit more coconut milk to it. Um, Season. Make sure you got your salt in your face. Right. Taste it. 
Um, that sounds bomb as fuck. Yeah. There we go. I'd like to thank Elmer once again for being our guest today. Super interested. I'd like to thank Keith for recording us down here. I'd like to thank Studio 212 for our last recorder. And I'd also like to thank the Soundcast Network. Johnny, I can't thank you enough, man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> the positive energy you bring to the table. Thank you. And that me. smile. Show me. Take your teeth out. Has he ever seen you without no, your teeth? No, dude. They're new. They don't come out. Oh, oh you got new teeth? I got new teeth. What? <laughs> Just end the show. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, that's going to do it for episode 91 of Girl How Long Steak Mister. It's already out in Slice Show. Thank you. Hands, please. <laughs> Grill, how long steak, Mister? Five minutes out. Eat a dick, bitch. <laughs>